Welcome to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Limitless Estates, where Kyle and Lolita talk to top experts and seasoned passive investors in the business to help provide clarity and key insights to keep you safe on your journey to financial freedom. Our goal is to help you get educated on how to create passive income for you and your family by using real estate as your vehicle. Now, here are your hosts, Kyle and Lolita. everyone. Thanks for tuning into another episode of the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host Lolita, also joined by Kyle. On the show with us today, we have Frank Gestiani. Frank, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Hey, Kyle. Hey, Lolita. How are you doing today? We are doing good. Awesome. Uh, before we get into the interview, here's a little bit about Frank. Frank bought his first single-family home in 1996 in Sacramento, California, which doubled in value in just five Five years, years, and needless to say, he was drawn to real estate ever since. In the early 2000s, Frank purchased, remodeled, owned, and operated a lodge in Central Oregon. In 2008 to 2009, he purchased a portfolio of bank-owned foreclosures in Northern California with a partner. All were remodeled and held as long-term rentals. Just about 18 months ago, Frank started listening to podcasts and discovered multifamily and syndications. To date, he has an LP in 850 units located in Dallas, Fort Worth, Beaver Creek, Ohio, and Shreveport, Louisiana. Sounds like you've been through it all, so can't wait to hear what multifamily syndications has done for you. Uh, So with that being said, Frank, could you please tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I was born in New York and uh, raised uh, in New York area in Long Island. Um, and then uh, I, uh, I moved to Texas when I was uh, 19 years old to uh, start my career. Uh, I do work full time for an amazing airline. Uh, I've worked there for the last 33 years uh, and I've moved all over the country. I've lived in about 10 different cities and done all types of uh, leadership roles uh, at my company. So um, uh, the roles basically are, are, are um, um, overseeing airport operations. Um, and I, like I said, it's been all over the country. And currently I reside in the Tampa, St. Pete area, Florida. Awesome. Thanks for that. So can you tell us your story of how you got started investing passively in multifamily syndications? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, like Lolita said, I, you know, I, I, I did a, you know, some single family stuff. You know, I invested in a hotel in Oregon. Um, we did some foreclosure investing with a partner of mine. Um, and you know, after doing all those things, I finally came to the realization that I kind of needed to scale up and I love the, uh, you know, um, the multifamily, uh, the type of investment that it is and it's the stable returns that it provides. Um, you know, um, working for a company, you invest money in your 401ks and, and, and so all of that money goes into the stock market really. And um, so I was looking for a way to kind of diversify um, my portfolio. And, and, you know, I just stumbled on multifamily and started uh, listening to every and all podcasts that I could find and and started getting ramped up on my knowledge about multifamily. So, and uh, that's when I kind of came, um, uh, came to meet a few guys that uh, were doing syndications. And that's where I started from. Awesome. How long was it when you first found multifamily syndication until you invested kind of in your first deal passively? Yeah, it's probably, I know I probably dug in for about six months and just trying to learn as much as I could, you know, before I uh, took the leap, as they say, um, and, and, and invested.
invested uh, as a passive investor. So yeah, it was, it was about six months of just a uh, podcast and learning and, and just trying to get um, my handle on the business. And, and so, yeah. Okay. And so as a passive investor, how detailed is your criteria for investing in an opportunity? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things obviously to, to, to consider uh, when you're investing uh, passively. So, you know, really the sponsor, I mean, it kind of starts there, you know, is, is who the sponsor is and, and what, um, what their experiences are, what they bring to the table, you know, um, you know, what their past history is. So uh, it, it really starts with there um, with, you know, who are you investing with? So that, that's kind of where I start. Um, and so that's, you know, it, it starts, it starts with them. I mean, the numbers matter, but I think people matter most, you know, so, um, I start with the people folk first and, and really the folks that I've invested in are the ones that I've been able to connect with through networking, you know, so, um, I actually, I've never invested with anybody that I've, I haven't met while I was networking, you know, at, at events and things like that. So, um, so there's, you know, um, a lot of value in these networks that I find when I go to these networks and I meet people, um, that, um, I connect with because, um, those are the generally the people that I'm, I'm investing with. So, okay. So do you not have a set criteria then? I mean, are you, are you not really focused on a, a given market or even, you know, a very strict return or the type of project it is, whether it be heavy value add, light value add, or maybe just a stabilized class A property? Is it really mainly just about the sponsor then? Uh, well, it is mainly about, you know, the sponsor, but there, you know, there, there is a lot of things that go in and I do look at, you know, the loan to value. I, I do look at, do they stress test their deals? Uh, I was actually talking to some friends of mine who are in the business and they were uh, listening to a, um, uh, a webcast, um, from a group of, um, syndicators. And the question was asked, do you stress test? And they said, uh, they, they said they got crickets uh, when they asked that question. And so that would be a clue uh, for somebody that uh, you might be dealing with an inexperienced uh, group of investors. So yeah, I definitely look for loan to value. Um, are they stress testing their deals? Um, that, 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 that's a big one for me. And do they have a rainy day fund? You know, um, you know, cause things always happen along the way. And I want to know, are they, are they funded correctly in order to kind of, um, you know, withstand some bumps in the road. So those, those are the criteria that I kind of focus in on and look for. Okay, great. So for a first time passive investor, reading through a PPM or a private placement memorandum can be pretty overwhelming. Can you give some advice to maybe a new passive investor that's looking through that document for the first time? Yeah, well, um, I read my first one three times, <laughs> just just to make sure, you know, so what I was looking at, what I was How reading. long did that take? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great for insomnia, uh, by the way. Uh, but uh, um, but being a, being a first time investor, I wanted to make sure that I read through it. And if, if I had any questions, and I had questions actually. There's a lot of things, a lot of legal mumbo jumbo on that stuff, you know. So I recommend anybody that they should have an attorney look that over. You know, I think it's worth the cost, and and just to make sure, you know, um, that um, you have your attorney uh, look it over to see if there's anything. It doesn't look right. You know, now I think I know what I'm looking for when I read those. You know, I look and see, you know, if the acquisition, you know, the acquisition key and all that is there, you know, and the numbers match up. So now I'm a little more adept at reading those. So um, I don't necessarily use an attorney now, but the first few, 
um, I definitely did just to give me that level of comfort. Yeah, absolutely. That PPM can be very detailed. There's a lot of boilerplate stuff in there, but uh, it tends to, you know, you tend to gloss over a lot of the things. And if you miss something in there, that's pretty important. That's going to be um, a little dangerous. So I, I like your advice there to definitely get a attorney involved, especially the first couple of times. Yes. So what are some common questions you ask your sponsors prior to investing into a multifamily syndication? Well, I mean, I want to know if they have uh, a little bit of skin in the game too. You know, so um, I, I asked that, but, you know, I, I usually ask that question, what's, you know, are you investing in the deal and, and making sure that they have uh, skin in the game too? I think uh, that says a lot if they do. And I've had asked some and they said that they did not, you know, and I was, I mean, it kind of made me scratch my head a little bit, you know, so if they were promoting such a great deal, then, then why wouldn't they be investing in it? So, um, yeah, I definitely want to know if they have uh, skin in the game, but, you know, the question I ask too, and it may be a little bit of maybe a little bit of a curveball for for some, is is can I learn from you? You know, as being a new investor, um, you know, can I go along on visits with you, or can I sit, you know, if you, when you meet with the property management team and things like that? And um, the syndicators that I've invested with, a couple of them have allowed me to do that, which has enabled me to learn a lot about uh, this business and sitting in with them. So that was one of the questions I asked: is Hey do you mind if I tag along and, and do that? And, and one of our, um, in one of our deals, I uh, visited our apartment in Dallas with, uh, with the syndicators. And then we walked the property. So it was great to kind of see what they were looking at and what they were looking for. Um, it gave me um, a good foundation as to what I need to do, you know, when I'm, you know, asking questions and things like that, if I wanted to, you know, maybe in the future become a, a syndicator. Um, we actually had a meeting with the property management company afterwards, and it was a great, um, great source of knowledge to be in that room and hearing a, um, you know, a real property management company that manages buildings of over 200 units and, and hear the questions that are asked and hear how that operates. So it was, it was, it was a, a great learning experience to actually go along with that. So. Yeah, I think that's a great way for some people to get started. And uh, it's it's a question that probably not a lot of people feel comfortable asking, but a lot of people get started investing passively. And that's a route to get into active investing. So that's fantastic that you do that. So I know you're part of a mentorship group. Can you tell us how having a mentor has helped you both grow as a passive investor and an active investor? I can't say enough about the mentorship group that I'm with. I mean, I mean, the guys, first of all, they're so generous with their time and knowledge. Um, they've really helped my acumen um, expand greatly over the last 12 months or so. It's just, it's been great. Um, yeah, just my association with them and the network of people that you get to um, associate with by, um, you know, being with that mentorship group is really kind of, um, it kind of like propelled me. Uh, to have a lot of confidence to move forward um, with things and, and actually to know what to look for when I'm investing passively and, and to ask the right questions and to actually get in deals with inside that network of guys that, that are in the, um, you know, the group, uh, the mentorship group that I'm in. So the, all of that has been um, so invaluable, you know, and, and, and that's, I mean, if there's one takeaway from, from, from being in this, mentorship group is just the connections that you make the relationships that you build and uh, these are your future people that you're going to do deals with you know um you gain trust with them they gain trust with you 
and and so that's really my biggest takeaway so far you know from from the mentorship group you know it's an investment in yourself you know and there's no way that i think anybody could really do that on their own without having a, a group of people that you can lean on we have a face facebook group that we can post questions on um and it's very active and people are, are you know they hold you accountable um so i, I love I, I love being part of the group and, and i love what i've learned so far Okay. And I know your goal was eventually to become an active investor. Would you still suggest to someone who maybe maybe doesn't want to be an active investor, solely wants to be passive, would you still suggest being part of a mentorship group? Yeah, I would. And, and, and like I said, you know, the questions that can get asked and, and, you know, even as a passive investor, you have a lot of questions, you know, um, about your investment, you know, is it a sound investment, you know, and, and, and all those things. And all, a lot of those questions get answered. Um, and as I mentioned, a lot of those guys are the syndicators doing deals. You can actually kind of, you know, network with them and actually partner up with them in their deals. So I think, I think it kind of um, catapults you um, into, you know, um, working with quality people when you're dealing with guys that are in that um, mentorship group. So again, like I said, they're very, generous with their time and their knowledge and um you know it's it's it's, it's really been a wonderful experience actually um being associated with that so yeah I, I think it's good for any passive investor or active to uh take part in that how many hours a week would you say that you're investing towards uh educating yourself and being part of that mentorship group yeah well i have a full-time job uh full-time plus 40 plus is what i call it usually um and so i mean it, I'd say between 10 and 12 hours a week is what I spend on my multifamily stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, at evenings and Saturdays is when I uh, dedicate my time to uh, the multifamily work uh, that I'm doing. Okay. And so, you know, there's so many different mentorship groups out there, even more so over the last 12 months, I would say, how'd you go about selecting the one that you finally went with? Yeah, no, I vetted out a couple of them just to kind of see the differences um, out there. And, and the one I settled on was um, the, the real reason I settled on this one was because of the personal growth that was associated uh, with the mentorship group. It wasn't just about here, here's how you buy a multifamily building or here's how you um, do a deal. Here's how you structure a deal. It was all of that, but it was also a lot of personal growth, a lot of goal planning and things like that, which is really, you know, um, have done a lot, you know, for me, um, you know, we get books on, you know, there's a book called the miracle morning, which I've been practicing, you know, religiously about, you know, making sure that I get up and journal and, and do things and exercise and stretch. And, and so there's all those things that come with that, uh, as well. So that's why I choose, chose the one that I was with, because there was a lot, there was a lot of personal growth stuff, uh, along with, um, you know, the numbers and all the, what to do on, you know, as far as structure and deal. Yeah, I think what you said right there is really important. What I tell people too is make sure it aligns with your goals, right? There's not one best program out there and one best mentor. I think everyone's a little bit different. And so what you did was great, right? You vetted a couple, you talked to a couple of different ones and you went with the one that aligned with your interest. And so I, that's the advice that I would give people too out there. Yeah, I mean, and they actually help, you know, the group I'm with, they hold you accountable too, you know? So there's a lot of encouragement and and support and all that, but they hold you accountable as well, you know. So um, if if you say you're going to do something, they hold they hold you accountable to that. And I, I really like that actually. It kind of keeps you uh, keeps you in line to make sure you're going where you need to be. 
Yeah, hundred percent. So you're now starting to take a little bit more of an active role in your investments as well. Why have you decided to go from full passive to uh, some active now? Yeah. So, I, you know, I've been passive now in about 850 units, you know, so um, I, I've, I feel comfortable kind of moving towards the active um, part. I mean, and finding a deal is, is another thing, you know, so that's, you know, that that's, you know, uh, that, that's been a, uh, not a struggle, but it's been a challenge actually trying to find the right deals, especially in this type of market. So, but I think uh, being on the passive side has just given me a lot of foundation to go forward, you know, and I, and I talked a little bit about, you know, um, the, uh, the operator who, you know, um, has allowed me to kind of come with them on visits and stuff like that and ask questions. And, and when I hear some of the questions being um, asked, I was actually anticipating some of those questions that I would have asked. So, it, feel, it feels like I'm gaining a lot of uh, knowledge and a lot of confidence to kind of move into that. Um, obviously, I still have a full-time job, you know, so I want to be, you know, cautious about, you know, what the time commitment is. So I'm still consider myself a passive investor, and I probably always will be, actually, you know. Um, but I, I definitely see that the active side, um, the GP side, is something that um, – that I would like to do. It's something that, you know, I think I've got the foundation where I can move forward on that. Cool. So where's, where's being a passive investor prepared you the most for now becoming, you know, a slightly active investor? Yeah, well, it's understanding, you know, the numbers and trying to anticipate um, what questions you're going to have from investors, because those are the same questions that I had, you know, so um, it's, it's nice to kind of have that. you know, uh, when you're, when you're talking to people that, you know, are, are going to invest in your deals because I had those same questions, you know, um, when I was uh, passively investing. So I feel like coming from that side, you really, you know, you really have, um, you know, a, a good amount of knowledge in order to, um, you know, educate people who are coming on the passive side. Because a lot of people I talk to, they're, they're kind of new to multifamily, to be honest with you. And so I'm doing a lot of education for them. And, and trying to um, explain the benefits of multifamily, the tax benefits, you know, uh, the asset class and things like that. So um, being on the passive side has allowed me to do uh, a lot of that by gaining some of that knowledge to share with people. Yeah, fantastic. All right, Lolita's going to take us into our final four questions. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right, Frank. What is the one tool that you use in real estate investing that you could not do without? Oh, that's easy. Uh, uh, my uh, my multifamily deal analyzer. Yeah, um, I know there's there's several out there. You know, there's some that you can you know get for free, and then um, there's others that you know um, you'll you can pay for. So, but um, yeah, I I mean, I, I'm I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses, and one of my weaknesses is is working with spreadsheets and things like that. So that deal analyzer really helps me organize. Uh, and, and it really helps me um, plug the numbers in so I can really, um, you know, look at a deal the way it needs to be looked at. So I, I love my deal analyzer and, uh, and I try to keep up with it and, and use it, you know, all the time. So, yeah, I love that. What specific one do you use? Uh, well, um, it's from somebody that I um, invested with there in, in, as an LP uh, in Fort Worth. Uh, he has a, a deal analyzer. I don't know if I can say it or not, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's from uh, um, a gentleman that I invested with uh, as an LP. He has one uh, that I really like. So, Perfect. 
Uh, can you tell us a story about your biggest mistake in real estate investing so far and the main takeaway for our listeners? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, the biggest mistake is, is making sure that who you're partnering with um, is, you know, um, probably the biggest thing for me. It was, it was the biggest mistake I made and it wasn't necessarily the partner, but it, it was more of not um, writing out everything that each other was supposed to do, you know? So, um, yeah, again, I mean, he was a very capable partner. I thought I was a capable partner in, in a deal we were doing. Um, but we didn't, um, go down the road of getting with a, an attorney and, and really spelling out all the different things that need to be, um, worked out between partnerships in the event of something happens or who's going to do what task and things like that. And I think it really needs to be that detailed because I, I see a lot of partnerships go sour because those things weren't brought up up front. And, and so um, that's probably been my biggest um, um, seminar I've had so far in my real estate career is making sure that um, if I'm going to partner with somebody that we vet each other out, we get everything in writing, it, it goes to an attorney, um, and that we both agree to everything on there. And I think that would be, um, I would, that would be something I'd, I would like people to take away on that, to make sure that they're um, doing that correctly if they're going to work with somebody. And in this business, it's a team sport, so you're going to have partners, you know. So it's important to vet those, uh, to vet everybody out and put everything down as to what, what, what everybody is responsible. Yep, absolutely. What is it that you need to do now to grow your life to the next level? Yeah, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm working on that a lot. And, and it's really to kind of be disciplined in how I spend my time, you know, is really what I'm trying to focus on uh, a lot lately. And it's saying no to things and, and it's and it's not doing things that maybe I did in the past that were just kind of time wasters, you know, like I hardly ever watch TV now, you know, so that's, uh, that's, that, that's, that's one thing that that's helped me. It's given me more time to focus on the things that I want to focus on, you know, so, um, and, and really being disciplined um, as to what my whys are, why I'm doing this, you know, and, and, and knowing, you know, that um, it's important to stay disciplined and not get distracted and and no and and I always hear about you are who your five friends are and so I'm really trying to mm -hmm. associate you know myself with, with like-minded people um, who um, you know are driven you know to, to to meet their goals and stuff like that and, and so that that's really what I'm focused on and, and 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 I hope that'll take me further actually so yeah great and finally where can people find out more about you. Yeah, I'd love to talk to anybody about um, any um, multifamily, um, you know, deals or anything that, you know, even people that are just uh, starting out and beginning has a question or anything like that. Please, please feel free to reach out to me. You can, you can reach me at my email at uh, fgmultifamilyinvestments at gmail.com. So reach out to me there. It's fgmultifamilyinvestments at gmail.com. Perfect. Sounds like you're doing all the right things and so impressive that you're still doing this with a full-time 40 plus job. So thank you. Yeah, definitely a knowledge packed interview. So thanks for that, Frank. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Frank. All right. Thanks for listening to learn more about the passive income through multifamily real estate podcast and to get access to today's show notes 
and to previous shows, visit limitless-estates.com. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.